Welcome, 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 geeks and nerds, girls and boys, to a brand new edition of Geek to Me Radio. Tonight, we've got Ashley Rube and Ryan Myers, stars of Broke, the game show show, going on right across the hall here at Westport Plaza at the Playhouse. We'll talk to them about that show. Later on, we'll talk to writers Nate Sherman and Nick Vokey about the new Fired on Mars series on HBO Max. Stand by. We're talking to If you're driving around the greater St. Louis area tonight, listening to us on the Big 550 KTRS, hello to all of you. Thank you very much for tuning in. If you're streaming us out there in the world via the KTRS app or on the streaming website, hello and thank you for finding us there. And of course, if you're watching us on YouTube and Facebook, like Paul and like Chance are, hello to both of you. Thank you for uh, texting in already. Or if you're streaming us out there at points in the world, hello. Thank you very much for finding us and watching tonight. And of course, as always, if you're hearing us after the fact in the podcast form, whatever platform you might be getting your podcast from, thank you very much for finding there. Hopefully you've already subscribed and left us a five-star review that always helps us in the search engine optimizations we appreciate that very much uh we are waiting on one of the two guests to call in a voicemail was left for ashley rube however we do have ryan myers both of who star in a brand new show right across the hall here at the westport playhouse i can see it from the window right there and it's called broke the game show show currently i've got ryan myers on the phone ryan how are you I'm doing well. How are you, James? Doing well. It might be just you and I as a, as a duet tonight. Um, Ashley, I know Julie mentioned she had an improv class she taught, so maybe she's wrapping that up and she'll call in. I left the voicemail with our phone number. So until then, it's just you and me, my friend. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah, sounds good. Yeah, she she's probably uh, stuck late with with students, so she's she's a great teacher, so that, that makes sense. <laughs> And I know both of you have a big improv background. I assume with a show like Broke, the game show show, uh, this is a heavily, I mean, it's scripted, obviously, but if you're bringing people up from out of the crowd, just kind of like uh, the complete works of William Shakespeare Bridge, I imagine there's some improv involved in this. Oh, absolutely. Because, yeah, we're, you mentioned it being scripted and we're, you know, just constantly like getting in and out of the script. There's obviously like a a big arc and narrative going on, but you know, we're, we're playing interactive games with the the audience. And once folks, you know, step up to, to play games, all bets are kind of off as to what can happen. So we've just got to kind of be, be ready for anything really. And uh, Pamela also just texted in on the line. Hello, Pamela. We appreciate you guys listening. Uh, Chance says he wants to play some trivia. We can try. So the fun thing about the show is, is it's called broke the game show show. And we kind of twist trivia a little bit because uh, we're relying on this this supercomputer, this artificial intelligence, uh, the virtual artificial neural network, VANA, 
to come up with our trivia questions <laughs> for us, but, but she's kind of malfunctioning through the show. So uh, it's not quite, <laughs> it doesn't quite count as trivia, but that's one of the things that kind of makes the show uh, unique and fun, I would say. So it's, it's malfunctioning. I love the acronym, by the way. That's brilliant. Um, does this, does it, the malfunctioning kind of twist, like if you, you know, who is the, you know, greatest home run hitter of all time and it suddenly says you know merv griffin like that kind of a, the answers don't always match so it's basically uh i don't want to spoil too much but let for the first one uh for the first trivia question i'm supposed to get four or i guess the first round of trivia rather i'm supposed to get four different trivia questions and instead this is this is how we get contestants up on stage to play games instead i get the same questions four times which is really fun live because then people start to catch on and start <laughs> buzzing in even before I can get the question out of my mouth. So very, very fun. And this is right across the hall here at the Westport Playhouse. So those of you who are listening in the greater St. Louis area know the venue. It's a, it's a fantastic venue. Is this show, is this debuting here, Ryan, or is this already tri- been to a couple other places? Yeah, this is the world premiere. So we've wow. got Liz Muller. Uh, she's a wildly talented, uh, wild, wildly talented director based out of New York, and she's actually putting up a, a couple other shows around the country. But this show specifically, Broke the Game Show Show, is world premiering here in St. Louis. I believe it was written specifically for the Westport Theater. Oh, wow. How about that? Yeah, yeah, because they've got the big LED screen, um, and, and we definitely make use of the LED screen throughout the show. There's a lots of fun uh, visuals, and uh, yeah, so it's just perfect for that stage. It, it, it literally could not be better. And you yourself, you're, you were, uh, if I'm not mistaken, you're, I know you're based in St. Louis. Were you born in St. Louis as well? Yeah, I, uh, I actually grew up in uh, St. Charles. Okay. So yeah, born, in, born and raised, and now I'm over here, and uh, I guess I made it across the river. I'm, I'm in the, <laughs> the city now slowly making your way towards new york you're just moving slowly eastward <laughs> yeah exactly i'm just terrified of the mississippi so i you know that's that's the next step right got across the mississippi i always think of that line from uh from waiting for government where they, they says we're, we're bi-coastal if you count the mississippi as a coast so I, <laughs> right oh my gosh that, that's so funny you say that that has been waiting for guffman has been such like I think it's come up in every rehearsal because all of us just immediately bonded, soul bonded over Christopher Guest movies. Yes. And and that's just the one that's <laughs> that just hits so right. So my favorite is still out. Best in Show, but Waiting for Guffman's a close second. Yeah, I love Best in Show too. <laughs> there's just I think there's just something about being involved in like theater and community theater and, and I wouldn't say St. Charles is like quite quite as rural as Blaine, Missouri. No, but certainly. The, they're just uh, some things in that movie that just hit so right for me being a growing up like a, a theater geek, you know? So. And then improv, we actually had Colin Mockery on the show, gosh, I want to say maybe a year and a half ago, talking about literally how improv can save the world. And obviously he's from, you know, uh, Whose Line Is Anyway, he's great at improv. What got you into improv? So, uh, first off, I, I just have to say that I agree with that. I, I teach improv as well, and I, I believe that improv can save the world. It's completely changed my life. Um, but uh, what got me into it, actually, I went and uh, I originally saw some shows uh, at the improv shop here in St. Louis. They had a venue on Euclid. I saw some incredible shows, and I was like, you know, this, this seems really cool. This seems really fun. And then I actually went up to uh, Chicago 
and saw a show at IO called the Deltones. And it was a musical improv show where they got a single word suggestion and then did an improvised musical for 40 minutes based off of that single word. And oh it was gosh. just mad. It was magic. <laughs> I was like, I have no idea how they did this. This is incredible. And so I went back home to St. Louis and then signed up for classes at the improv shop the next week. And I've basically been doing shows there almost every week for I'd say like the last six years and now I teach there and, and I'm really involved in the community and it's just been a blast ever since. And you do festivals and everything like that in addition to teaching. What do, what do you find when people, let's say people who might be listening to the show right now, for example, might be new to improv. What's the first thing that you either teach in your classes or you might say to people listening who are new to improv who would kind of like draw them in, get them to try it, kind of open up that first door? Yeah, I would say, well, you know, the, the first tenet of improv we always talk about is yes and, but um, I, we talk about taking care of each other, and as, as much as I've been teaching, um, I've just had so many people during classes, after classes, uh, feel like it's a space where they can just kind of be themselves for a little while. I think uh, a lot of us just kind of out in, in the world, we're a little a little bit boxed up and we don't always get the, the opportunity opportunity to express ourselves when we're in our, our routines and obligations and families and jobs and all those things. And not to say that all of those things that, you know, aren't really important. And, and those people, there are a lot of people that need us, but um, I've had so many people say that, you know, on, on our two hour classes on a Sunday, like this is my time. Like it, I get to come here and I get to be myself and I get to be goofy and I get to feel safe uh, in a group of people that, um, are just ready to support me and say yes to my silly idea at the drop of a hat. And, and I think that that's just probably why Colin was, Colin Mockery was saying improv can change the world because it's, it's, um, it's an art form that incentivizes listening and support and care. And, uh, the more you listen, the more you, you support, the more you care, the better you look, the better your scene partners look and the better your show goes. And it's, it's just super fun to see that happen like in real time yeah uh, that's one of the things uh, a friend of mine adam grun does improv and he said that it's one of those things you're the more you work to make your scene partners look good by extension the better you will end up looking and because it's the whole thing becomes a, a better looking piece or whatever you're working on if everybody is more concerned about making the other person look good rather than getting the laugh yeah yeah absolutely that's that's one of the things we teach in classes. That's one of the, the surefire ways to kind of take you out of the scene. If you're uh, focused on getting a laugh, you're not focused on uh, your scene partner and what's going on around you. And it's, it's way more fun to identify the pattern that's going on, what uh, emotion your scene partner is giving you, and then trying to affect them and heighten them and, and, and get to something fun. Uh, yeah, it's, it's been, it's just an absolute blast to be honest. It's so Honestly, I got to say, it's so weird to be talking about improv on a radio show. Like, this is, this is so, it's so fun. This is all I talk about with my friends and colleagues. And so to, to get to get, you know, even share this with one person is, is just kind of a, a dream, you know. And I know I saw the uh, reel that Julie Lolly emailed me of all the people uh, coming out of the theater across this hall here and raving about how much fun this show is. And it's oh, encouraging yeah. to see because, I mean, there were people, 
you know, men, women, it, it just uh, improv, I think, like you said, something that brings everybody together. And I think the world could use a little bit more of that yes and mentality rather than I feel like the world today is all about shutting everyone else down. So this is probably the perfect time for Broke the Game Show show to be happening here at Westport Playhouse. Absolutely. People can just kind of come and have fun. And, and again, like it's not a standard like game show or trivia show or, you know, I mean, I'm sure you've, you've been a part of this where you'll go to like some trivia night and there'll be just some like ace team sitting somewhere in the back, all hunched over a table, just like every answer, every round, 10 out of 10 out of 10, you know, sometimes it's hard to relax in those environments, but because the show, um, because broke is just kind of a, a trivia show gone awry or a game show gone awry. There's not that pressure to be like, Oh, well, I really, really want to win. Uh, that's just not built into the show. You get to just kind of kind of come and and sit back and and have, I guess, a drink or two and and have a really good time with with your friends. And then if you get to come up and play, we just play really silly games. And and the the whole point of the show is just like is is for the play of it, not necessarily for the prizes or anything like that. The the prizes are a nice benefit, but it's just kind of nice to come out and play and and have a good time. And again, for any of you who are listening in the greater St. Louis area, the Westport Playhouse right there at Westport Plaza, uh, right next door to the Drunken Fish, just up the stairs from the Funny Bone Comedy Club at the top of the escalator, so it's easy to find. And the show runs through May 19th, so you can still get tickets either here at the ticket window or uh, just go to the Westport Playhouse website, which we'll put a link to that in the show notes if you're listening after the fact and want to check that out. Uh, Are you okay, Ryan, to stick with me through a quick commercial break? Of course, yeah, I'm here. Perfect. We're going to come right back, talk more with Ryan Myers about Broke, the game show show. We are going to take a fast commercial break, come right back with more. You're listening to geek to me Radio on the Big 550 KTRS. Please stand by. Hey, this is Adasa, and even though we don't talk about Bruno, we do talk about geek to me Radio. Welcome back, geek to me Radio, every Sunday night at 9 o'clock here on the Big 550 KTRS. That's 10 o'clock Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific for all my online listeners. My name is James Enstall, your host. And want to let you know about our comic book sponsor, Bugs Comics and Games, right there on Bryan Road in O'Fallon, Missouri. Uh, they're easy to get to either off of Highway 70 or from the Page Extension 364. If you are looking to get back into comics, Guardians of the Galaxy is coming out in less than two weeks, my friends. If you've not picked up a comic book in a while, go talk to Larry out there at Bugs Comics and Games. He can set you on the right track, give you everything you need to know, where to jump into if you're brand new to collecting. If you're an old school collector and you want to kind of round out your collection, maybe fill some of those gaps you've got in some of your runs, Larry's constantly buying stuff, so he's got brand new books all the time going all the way back to the silver age and older than that up to modern books every wednesday is new comic book day join the avengers club and you can start saving money don't sacrifice your hobby just because the economy is in shambles Keep doing your hobbies. Save some money by joining the Avengers Club. You immediately start saving a percentage off your new comics, your back issues, your supplies, your games, your toys, whatever it is you want to buy. Start saving money while you keep up the hobby. Never a bad time to get into comic book collection. As I did mention also, if you're looking to get out of it, though, if you're wanting to sell, give Larry a call at Bugs Comics and Games, and he will uh, give you a very, very fair price for your collection. 
Great place to go, whether you're young or old, no matter what kind of uh, interest in the hobby you've got, check them out. Bugs, Comics, and Games. Give their Facebook page a like and make sure to go visit them. New comic book days coming up on May the 6th. Make sure you get out there for some free comics. Bugs, Comics, and Games on Bryan Road in O'Fallon. Very proud to have them as the official comic book sponsor here on geek to me Radio. We've got Ryan Myers. We've been talking about Broke the Game Show show right across the hall here at Westport Plaza. And we got his co-star, Ashley Rube, joined us on the phone. Is it, did I pronounce your last name right? Is it Rube? Is it Rube? It's Rube. That's right. I got it right the first time. Okay, great. I didn't know if it was like, you know, fancy French. I'm like, Rube. <laughs> nope, just simple. Rube. Okay, all right. Uh, so uh, to fill you in, Ryan and I were kind of talking about the concept of the uh, game show itself. We talked about improv and everything like that. Um, what we were kind of discussing right before we got into the break there was just our backgrounds in improv. So Ashley, you what what got you involved in improv? You know, it's kind of the same thing that I think a lot of people go to walk to improv for i moved to st louis and didn't know a ton of people (laughs) and uh, there was a time in my life when i was younger that i used to do a lot of theater and performing and i missed it Mm. and it seemed like a good way to take a class and to go in not knowing anything and get to learn something and i got addicted i love it (laughs) and I, i will say st louis has a very great theater community uh whatever level you're at i mean ed reggie does some great stuff out there at coca um, it's, it's a lot of, uh, there, there's no bad way to get into theater. If you're in the St. Louis, St. Charles area, there's a lot of, uh, smaller groups that will do shows and everything like that. And then obviously we've got stages, which always puts on great shows. And then, right, like I said, right over here, Ryan and I were talking Westport Playhouse is a fantastic facility. Uh, and again, if you want to get the tickets for the show, it's westportplay.com is the website. As we mentioned, the show runs through May the 19th. Uh, we were talking before the break, too, about d- different game shows. I'll uh, show. Uh, I'll show. I'll give this question to Ryan first. Ryan, do you remember what your favorite game show is? Because I know a lot of people talk about staying home sick from school, watching The Price is Right, and having chicken noodle soup and saltine crackers. That's like everyone's kind of go-to. Did you have a go-to game show that was one of your favorite? Uh, absolutely. Uh, so... The unique story, uh, I grew up in a duplex with a uh, single mom, and then the other side was my grandma and grandpa. Mm. Um, and so my grandma would have game shows on just, like, all the time. And for for whatever reason, what is it? Uh, it's not – what's the one? It was uh, uh, Charles Nelson Riley. What was his – right? The Brett uh, – Brett, they were a, a panel. And it was like – Was it the match less game? It was a match game. Match game. Yeah. Joey V with the win. Yes, I have such fond memories of watching Match Game with my grandmother. I had no idea what it was, and she would just put on old reruns of Match Game. And I just remember, like, sitting at the uh, the kitchen table, like, eating Rice Krispies that she would make me and watching Match Game and having no idea what it was, but thinking the people and their uh, clothes were, were really funny. And uh, do you have a favorite game show or a good game show memory, Ashley? <laughs> I definitely have the staying home sick to watch Price is Right. My dad watched a lot of Jeopardy. Okay. Um, I think the games that I liked were the Nickelodeon ones. Oh, like <laughs> Double Dare. With all the, yeah, and I the, the goo and yeah. the people getting, and I always I was always baffled why people would volunteer to go and get, like, goo dumped on them. <laughs> um, but I also wanted to be that kid in the studio audience that got called up, so. Yeah, I'm, that's I'm, my probably my big memory. I'm a little older, I think, than the both of you, so I remember kind of when I was really little watching Joker's Wild and the Gong Show. But I loved Hollywood Squares; that was one of my favorites. Yep, 
with Delta Burke in the center square and all those kind of, yep. it was a lot of fun. Those were some great shows. I know uh, Double Dare, I, I will say, I was one of the people who would love to have gotten up there and slid through the gack in order to find the flag yeah. and get the, get yep. the whatever the yes. prize was. That would, I would love to have done that show. Exactly. And you always had like strategies. You're like, they're doing it wrong. <laughs> <laughs> always the armchair quarterback. Yeah, exactly. Yep. So about the show itself, I know it's a musical and I haven't, we haven't talked about that aspect of it yet. So I, I find it fascinating because you're combining improv with a musical, which I don't think, I cannot think of another show that's incorporated that before. So talk a little bit, if you could, and we'll start with Ashley about bringing the musical aspect into this particular show. Sure. It's, you know, it's funny. Uh, one of the ways that Ryan and I started working together uh, was originally on a musical improv team hmm. um, at the improv shop um, where we put up a, a full musical that's fully improvised. Um, so that's actually kind of our entree into sort of a lot of this work. Um, and it, in the game show, uh, Broke the Game Show show, we sing together and we um, do some songs. And the improv is sort of mixed in between it. So that's like a very comfortable place for us to go is getting to sing and then also interact with the audience. Because <laughs> that's sort of how we started working together in the first place. And anything to add to that, Ryan, as far as the musical aspect of it? Yeah, I mean, I, I think, yeah, I think she kind of nailed it there. It, it's, I will say that uh, if Liz were on the call, uh, the, the director, um, I think it's just kind of this bow on top of an already fun show and mm -hmm. the music the musical acts, uh, aspect of the show i think is a little bit unexpected and kind of hits you in unexpected places hmm. uh during the show and so it's just this kind of fun little cherry on top of like already like insane games and, and improvisation it's like oh they're going to sing again oh my okay here we go <laughs> you know so it's like this this roller coaster ride uh so i just think it's such a fun element to the show and I know there's always that danger of incorporating a live audience into anything you do because you're not sure who you're going to get on stage, what their comfort level of doing improv is, in some cases how drunk they might be. Uh, have there been any close calls for the show, run of the show so far? Have you guys been pretty lucky? Ashley? Yeah, we've, had, we've had great audiences. The funny thing is um, everybody, sort of to your question earlier, everybody knows what a game show is. Mm -hmm. Um so in terms of pulling people up on stage, we already have so much shared context. It's really about finding those really fun moments and hopefully making everybody feel really good. Even when they, the, the questions are designed to be fun and silly and not necessarily about being right or wrong. Um, so hopefully folks just are having a good time and enjoying the fun of it rather than feeling the pressure um, and just getting to play with these sort of game show tropes that we all know and love. And uh, speaking of game show, if you would like to see Broke the Game Show show, I was uh, given the chance to give away two tickets to a performance. And again, it runs on weekends through May 19th. So we'll do it this way. If you want to send a text in on the KTRS text line, all you have to do is answer this question. I actually gave kind of the answer earlier, but on the series Seinfeld, talking about shows and everything like that, um, Kramer finds the set of a discarded show in the dumpster and recreates the entire set in his apartment. Whose show <laughs> set did he build in his apartment? If you text that answer to us on the KTRS text lines at 84126, just include your first name and the answer. You'll be the one to get the pair of tickets uh, whatever night you want to go to see 
broke the game show show. Uh, as we're wrapping up here, I know I told you I wouldn't keep you for too much longer. Uh, where can people, if they want to keep up with the two of you, do you guys, are you active on social media, websites? We'll start with Ryan. Yeah. Uh, so if you want to keep up with me, uh, obviously right now, broke the game show show. And then uh, if you want to keep up with me personally, I'm Ryan Michael Myers, M-Y-E-R-S on Instagram. Uh, Ashley and I are also on a two-person improv team called Touch Baseball. And then uh, I'll say the last thing that Ashley will probably plug as well. Uh, We're on that improvised musical team. I enjoyed it. Seeing it so much in Chicago, I wanted to come back to St. Louis and, and start my own. And so that's basically what I did. And, and at the improv shop, we do shows monthly there and you can follow us the one, four fives. Uh, that's our, our musical improv team. And that's, that's basically what I'm, I'm, I'm getting after right now, unless I'm forgetting anything, Ashley. <laughs> yeah. So I'm at Ashley dot Rube on Instagram. Also our uh, two person, like Ryan said, is uh, touch baseball improv on Instagram. Uh, and yeah, we, uh, we, teach improv we do other things like that at the improv shop if you're ever curious and then just thrilled to be working with westport playhouse this round and um we're posting a lot on broke the game show show (laughs) so that's where you can find us fantastic we'll put a link to the both the uh, website for westportplay.com if you want to get your tickets and then we'll also put a link to broke the game show show their facebook page on our show notes as well. So if you're hearing us after the fact, scroll down to the bottom of the page and right there, uh, Joey B will have those links up. And I was I was sitting there talking to the two of you. I have Paul on the chat and I've got Roger in the KTRS text lines. I can't tell which one of you because it just says a minute ago. So I don't know which one of you answered first. So I'm going to see if I can get both of you a pair of tickets to go see uh, Broke the Game Show show. So congratulations to both Roger and to Paul. And I want to thank again Ashley Rube and Ryan Myers for joining us on the show. Hopefully I'll make it over there before the show closes and I'd love to meet the two of you and check out the show. Yes, come see us. Will yeah, do. would love to have you. All right, perfect. Thanks again for your time on a Sunday night. I appreciate both of you coming on the air. Oh, yeah, thank you so much. It was really fun. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for having us. Of course. Be well. Take care. Thank you. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. There they go. And uh, Chance, uh, Chance, the answer was Merv Griffin. You were correct as well, Chance. But as you said, you're in Atlanta, so the tickets would do you no good. But thank you for playing as well. Um, we're going to take another quick commercial break. We're going to come right back, and we will play my interview with writers Nate Sherman and Nick Vokey, Fired on Mars, brand new series on HBO Max. Uh, We talked to the two writers about that show. It debuted on Thursday. New episodes every Thursday. We'll talk to them. You're listening to the Big 550 KTRS. This is geek to me Radio. Please stand by. This is Arthur Burkhart, an actor from your past, and you're listening to a great show, Geek to Me Radio. Stay tuned. We are back, Geek to Me Radio, every Sunday night here on the Big 550 KTRS. We'll make sure we tell you about, you know, we just gave away a pair of tickets, so congratulations to, uh, to Roger. And to Paul on winning those tickets to Broke the Game Show show. Uh, you were, I, I looked up and you both chimed in at the same time, so I'm going to see if I can get a ter- pair of tickets 
for both of you. I'll be reaching out shortly to get your contact information and let you know how to pick up those tickets. Uh, so yes, Chance in Atlanta. Uh, it was Merv Griffin. That's correct. But like as I said, you're you're in Atlanta, so the tickets will do you no good. But I saw you said you were just answering for fun, so I do appreciate your participating down there as well. Chance has a great show, The Nostalgic Pod Blast. You should check that out. You can find him on Facebook. Uh, he's a friend of the show, and we always love seeing the stuff that he does on that show as well. Uh, since you've just won tickets, you might want to go out and get some food before the show, whether you're going to come up here at Westport or not. Steve's Hot Dogs. Let me tell you about them, our new food sponsor. Uh, if you go to their website, whether if you're not going to go out, maybe you want to bring the food to you, you can order it on DoorDash or Grubhub. If you order it online, enter the code geek to me G-E-E-K-T-O-M-E, to get $5 off your order of $25 or more great food, great dogs. They've got a brand new one they just cooked up here recently. I can't wait to get down there and try that. And also, maybe hot dogs aren't your thing, but elevated grilled cheese, Steve's Meltdown. It's adult grilled cheese stuff. It's so good. Bakery fresh bread delivered right to your door stuff. Uh, your door, your door stuff, your doorstep. I'm not sure what's wrong with me, and I swear this is... I, not a lot of sleep. Maybe that's the problem. But, uh, yeah, Steve's Hot Dogs and Steve's Meltdowns, depending on your what your palate feels like that evening, you can order it online. And, again, that'll save you that code, $5 off your order of $25 or more. Steve's Hot Dogs, of course, the official hot dog of St. Louis. You can grab them before the St. Louis City game where you go down to see the Battlehawks, get them down there as well. And, of course, their location on Grand, always serving up good food there. And you can play that Miss Pac-Man machine while you're waiting for your food to arrive to your table. Very proud to have them as a brand-new food sponsor here on Geek to Radio. Make sure you go show them some love. And, of course, use that code geek to me during checkout. $5 off your order of $25 or more. Steve's Hot Dogs and Steve's Meltdowns. The website stevehotdogsstl.com. Uh, we have a very quick interview. There's a brand new show on HBO Max called Fired on Mars. It's an animated show. They sent me over the first episode last week before I talked to these gentlemen, and it's very amusing. It's a great show, especially if you've ever worked in a corporate environment. It's like Office Space on Mars, kind of this, just kind of give you an idea. And it's an animated show, uh, but it was very, very well done, I thought. And we had the writers, Nate Sherman and Nick Boki on. I got to sit down with them for just a brief interview, and here's what that sounded like. Right now, we've got Nate Sherman and Nick Vokey on talking about their brand new series, Fired on Mars, debuting April 20th on HBO Max. Gentlemen, thanks for your time today. Thanks for, thanks for having us. So I love this. So this is based on a short that you did in 2016, correct? That's right. So is this something that you've been kind of like, did it get done and you guys were shopping around? Did it get done and someone from HBO Max said, hold on, that, that's a series right there. How did the uh, how did the series come about? It was, so uh, it's been a long and windy and bumpy road, but yeah, we, we pitched it around town a few times and uh, we had a great, uh, great guy at HBO Max who really got behind it and here we are. And I love it because Luke Wilson, right off of Stargirl, which I'm a huge fan of him from that, a lot of the movies he's done, like old school, he's doing the voice of Jeff Cooper. Uh, I know originally for the short, obviously, it was somebody else. How did Luke Wilson end, end up getting attached to the project? The, the guy from the short, Sean Wing, he's, he actually flipped roles, and now he's kind of the, the bad boss who's the, the one who fires Jeff. Okay. Um, Luke was... Luke was our... Uh, you know, he was our top pick. You mentioned old school. He's that kind of perfect every man straight man in the middle of all this madness and uh so we we wanted to you know transport him to mars and see how he fared 
and I watched the first episode. The people at HBO Max were kind enough to send me a screener for it, and it's just—it's amazing how you're just immediately drawn into the story. Both you kind of you because you do you feel for this guy who's you know he's traveled all his way for a job, and it's almost like a, a larger than life extension of how bad the uh, the current job market is for people getting laid off. You know, you're redundant. We don't need you. And now you're stuck on Mars of all places. How, how did the concept for Fired on Mars come about? I think that uh, both of us have experienced a lot of uh, existential corporate dread in our lives. And uh, putting the short together and then the series was kind of a way for us to deal with it. And it, it, it's it, you know he's got the long distance girlfriend on on Earth. I feel like everything in this is something that anybody can relate to. It's uh, it's it's very relatable. It's kind of it makes it more endearing too. But you feel so bad for Jeff throughout the course of this. Uh, this the series. Do you already have like the end goal in mind? You know, like okay, here's how long it'll go if we only do one season. Here's what's going to happen for a second season. How far out had the two of you planned? You know, I'd say much like I'd say we're we're we kind of planned for the worst. So we're uh, we gave the first season a nice ending that's open ended, and but uh, we've got many seasons of ideas. Um, you know, as you as you'll see, the the series starts in the office, but it really uh, heads into all sorts of different places. And uh, I think by the end of the series, you get a sense of all the the new places that this thing could go. So we've, we've got a big roadmap ahead of us. So hopefully we'll get to do it. And the two of you also uh, co-created the shorts of wet city and everything like that you've worked on. How did the two of you end up meeting and uh, realizing you guys are a good collaborative team? Well, we were high school. So yeah. we, we were high school buds and um, about 10 years ago, decided to start working on stuff actually remotely. I was here in LA Nick was, uh, in Massachusetts and uh, the rest is history. And are there other things you guys are kind of working on? Like obviously this fired on Mars, uh, you know, we talked about the beginning starts as a short. Now you've got a series. Is there other stuff that you kind of have on the back burner? Like, Hey, if, if this really takes off, here's, here's another one we want to pitch. Do you guys have like a, just a, a whole idea catalog full of stuff you guys want to do? Or are you kind of taking the project and f- focusing on this right now? Well, we've developed a lot of different uh, ideas over the, the past 10 years or so. And we have some new ideas that we've been kicking around, but we've really been living in Mars world. And that's where <laughs> our, our focus is right now. And you mentioned wet city, you know, that'd be something that we'd be interested in making into a series too. Yeah, absolutely. And I know Nate, you uh, evidently worked on advertising ideas and creative things, and you designed the stranger things logo and the key art for that show uh, that that show's blown up. You're seeing the logo and everything everywhere now. That's got to be very uh, happy for you to be able to see that your work like that being on lunchboxes, t-shirts, coffee. I'm actually holding a Mornings Are for Coffee and Contemplation mug in that Stranger Things font. That's got to be very gratifying for you. That's so funny. Yeah, we. Uh, I worked at a small agency in that uh, that project through a series of events. We ended up getting that that uh, that logo and type and poster and all that so that was your you got it right it was it's very gratifying to see it out there even though you know i don't count myself as a graphic designer or anything like that no i'm not like jeff cooper i'm not a, i'm not a pro that <laughs> yeah, jeff cooper good thing you don't count yourself otherwise otherwise you'd find yourself stranded on a planet millions of miles away and evidently your girlfriend would be starting to look at other guys it's uh it's such a sad 
show, but I love the idea of it. And I, like I said, I I cannot wait for the second episode. I'm going to have to wait like everybody else now. But again, if you're listening, Fired on Mars, HBO Max, you can catch it starting Thursday, April 20th. Is this going to drop all at once or it will be a new episode every Thursday? I believe it's two episodes every week for about four weeks. Perfect. Okay, so I can I can catch up a little bit. That'll be nice. Um, and again, if people want to keep up with the two of you, social media handles, websites where they can find you, we'll start with Nick. <laughs> I have no social media. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I should. <laughs> no, you're doing the right thing. You're doing the right thing. It's staying. It's staying. It is a lot of work to keep up with. Nate, how about you? I have an Instagram. I'm, uh, for, you know, Nate Sherman's on Instagram. For whoever's interested in, and I haven't been updated in uh, three years until this thing coming out, so that gives you a sense of my my taste. <laughs> there you go. It's a it's a huge time suck, believe me, to get into social media. Nate Sherman, Nick Vokey, make sure you catch Fired on Mars, gentlemen. Thank you so much for your time today. Thank you. Thanks a lot. And again, that's on HBO Max every Thursday. You can check that out. Uh, I had a lot of fun with it. I think uh, Joey. I think you said you saw. Uh, what the first episode, the first two episodes? No, I actually, when you sent me the email today of who the cool guests were going to be, and I saw just the artwork for it, it looked just something that sold me because it just looks like the funny kind of like eighties animation that you saw back on adult swim at some right, times. Yeah, like, yeah. uh, like was it C lab? Yeah. Reminded me of the, yeah. the C lab animation. So that's why it I does. was drawn to it. And then I immediately looked up all the voice actors and they've got Pamela Adlon, who is Bobby Hill forever on King of the Hill. Right. Cedric Yarbrough, who is on Reno 911, and now Lucky Hank. And uh, just so many great, uh, was it Luke Wilson? Yeah. He's, he's the, the main, main character. character yeah. And I, those voice actors right there sold me on it as well. So the first two episodes mm-hmm. are on HBO Max right now. And I'm going to go check it out. Very cool. And hopefully you will too. Uh, my thanks again to Nate Sherman. And Nick Vokey, and thank you to John over there at Premier TV for arranging that interview. Uh, we're going to take another quick commercial break. We're going to come right back, and Joey V and I are going to talk movies. He's going to give you his review of Air. I'm going to talk a little Renfield. Uh, if you have, if you've seen a movie and you want to just text us a very quick review, you can text us at eight four one two six. Or if you saw a movie you really enjoyed, let us know which movie. And we'll uh, mention you and uh, put that out there as well. You're listening to geek to me Radio on the Big 550 KTRS. Please stand by. This is Kevin Conroy, the voice of Batman. You're listening to geek to me Radio. We are back. Geek to Me Radio live here every Sunday on the Big 550 KTRS. When Joey's in too, we get video. So hello to all of you who are streaming us on YouTube and Facebook. And if you might be one of my new listeners who we met at Hannibal at Big River Comic Con, hello to you. And hopefully you're enjoying the show tonight as well. Uh, thanks again to Ashley Rube and Ryan Myers for coming on to talk about Broke the Game Show show right across the hall here. I'm gesturing. People on the radio can't see, but the people that are watching, they get to see me gesturing across the hall too. Westport Playhouse, and of course, thank you to Nate Sherman and Nick Vokey talking about Fired on Mars, brand new series on HBO Max. You can check that out, new episodes every Thursday. Joey V is in the studio with me. As I just mentioned, you heard his dulcet tones talking there about uh, Fired on Mars before we went to commercial break. Uh, Joey V and I don't always go to go see the same movies. Joey V sees a lot of movies, um, and I see them sometimes, occasionally, uh, but he goes and sees stuff that. Uh, I don't always get to see, and I know you saw 
Air recently. I did. What and do you want to know about it? You enjoyed it first off. Oh, let me tell you about it then. I mean, Air is based on the true story of Nike's attempt to save the failing basketball shoe division. And they were signing, or hopefully trying to sign, the three biggest names from the 84 NBA draft. So names like Charles Barkley or John Stockton they were trying to get, or Michael Jordan. But they knew there was no way that they could afford Michael Jordan. And back then, Nike was known as a running shoe company, and basketball was like a second-rate sport. Basketball wasn't even live on TV back then. It was tape-delayed. So no one cared about basketball. No one cared about Nike. So it's crazy to kind of watch the movie through that lens, knowing what we know now. And when I first heard about the movie, I thought, why is Hollywood telling this story again? Because, you know, in 2020, all of us watched The Last Dance. I don't know if you saw that one. I didn't, but I know of it. That's a 10-episode docu-series all about Michael Jordan and winning those championships with the Bulls. So we, that, that was pretty recent that we saw that yeah. whole story. We relived that. And then 2015, ESPN did a 30 for 30 doc about the Air Jordan and the guy who helped bring that shoe to life and create the biggest deal in shoes in the history of of the world. I mean, is that the guy Ben Affleck plays in the movie? That is who Matt Damon Matt plays. Matt Damon, in the movie. okay. But then I saw that Air was directed by Ben Affleck, and then it stars Matt Damon and Ben Affleck. I mean, Jason Bateman, Marlon Wayans, Chris Tucker, Viola Davis, and I got a little more interested. The cast is insane. Yeah. It's it's stacked and everyone, I mean, it's top tier everything. And Amazon gave Ben Affleck 70 million dollars. So when you hear of an adult drama not based on you know, real intellectual property or like, it's not a comic book movie, right. but it's $70 million. It's a real adult movie made for adults. So there's some real money behind it. And it's it looks great. Wow, man. I know, right? And then I had read that it was from Nike's side of the story. And Michael Jordan isn't even in it. I mean, oh. everyone in the movie talks about Michael Jordan, but no one sees Michael Jordan really. You see hmm. this actor and you see the back of his head. And if you've seen old footage of Jordan, you recognize that brown leather jacket that he wore back in the mm-hmm. day. So you just see a guy in a jacket walking behind his mom, and it's like they hide him with, like, vases and stuff. Like, you can't <laughs> tell that who this, this guy is because I, that's just a choice that Ben Affleck made. So just seeing that as well piqued my interest. And, I mean, it's, it's a really well-made movie, but it's a long commercial. You know, it's like a two-hour-long commercial. Mm. It's like uh, those really good journalism movies where everyone comes together to break the story. It kind of feels like that. The whole Nike team is working together to get the guy so, you know, those iconic movies like Spotlight is like that or The Insider. But those movies are about cancer and the Catholic <laughs> Church. So they're, they're, you're more emotionally less invested. Shoes, yeah. Yes, it's less about <laughs> shoes. So instead of those hot journalistic movies, this is more of a puff piece. Hmm. So it's fun to take anyone to. You don't have to know anything about sports or basketball to enjoy it. And even if, let's say, uh, Battleship, you know that movie that came out? If that was the greatest war movie ever, we'd still say... It's based on a board game. Right, right? exactly. It's a Hasbro property. So it kind of has that feel. Like, Mm. no matter how good the acting is, like, this is a commercial for a shoe. So, and again, after I got done saying the budget was insane, I'm thinking with the cast, that's probably most that went to the get those people as players on the script here to bring bring them in, I would think. And something that you would love, because I thought about you the whole movie, is the very 1980s-ness of it. It's set in 84, so a lot of money probably went to get the music rights. It's all the 80s songs that you love from 1984, the greatest hits. Hmm. are playing through it. I mean, people wearing the windbreakers and neon pink and the neon signs inside the Nike offices and the furniture of the time, the cars that they're driving. It's a really fun period piece also. I do like period. Now, I'm wondering, though, 
as you said, it's kind of a, it feels like a bit of a puff piece, almost like a battleship, just with a stellar cast. Mm-hmm. Do you, in your estimation, is this going to be up for any Academy Awards? Then, do you think it's got any awards uh, to it? Best actor, best actress, supporting actor, anything like that at all? Yeah, I think the way that I've heard the ballot works now on the Oscars, the middle of the road movie wins nowadays because mm-hmm. everyone will give it a five. Oh, I see. There, none of the ones will win, and some of the tens they won't win because if you're middle of the road, you'll win. You may think of Green Book. You know that was kind of a Hallmarky type movie that everyone just liked. You know, very pleasant movie. Yeah. Green so Book. I think this is such a pleasant movie that I think it will hmm. make it onto okay. a, a top ten list at the end of the year. I think so. Detractions. What are some of the things we're like? Eh, what is some stuff that didn't work for you? I watched the trailer after I saw the movie, and the trailer is a little corny. It does have those scenes where Ben Affleck, who plays Phil Knight, the head of Nike, mm-hmm. he's like, what are you going to call the shoe? And Matt Damon says, I was thinking the Air Jordan. And he says, uh, I don't think that'll work. Maybe it'll grow on me. You know, those sort of scenes where you go, ha ha, you don't know anything, Phil Knight. What are you <laughs> talking about? we sit about? here in our futuristic layers. Mm-hmm. But Viola Davis, I would say, she is the best actor in the film. And I think I had heard that Michael Jordan even requested that if anyone makes a movie about his mom, that Viola Davis play it. So oh, she was neat. the only person. If Michael Jordan said it, it has to happen. No kidding. Mm-hmm. Especially since they're not having him in the movie. So they couldn't even do that deep fake de-aging thing on him like they did with Harrison Ford in the upcoming mm-hmm. Indiana Jones movie. I yeah, he they... doesn't even say anything in the movie, this actor that plays him. Hmm. That must be the weirdest role to get. Like, you're playing <laughs> Michael Jordan and really? he will not see you or right. hear from you. There's, uh, I think there's a scene where he's trying to get Michael Jordan on the phone. He's like, hey, can I talk to the guy? Is he there? And then the mom says, you don't get to talk to him yet. <laughs> you got to go through me, and then they have a fight. The big boss. But no, they don't. Oh. It's sort of like that. You got to get That's through the nice. mom to get to Michael Jordan. That's interesting. Yeah, I mean, it, it's. I missed. I can't remember why I missed the preview for it, but it was one of those ones I just wasn't terribly excited about. Eh, like, I just went and saw John Wick with a friend, Chapter mm-hmm. Four, because I was like, I missed the preview for that. I really want to see this movie. I think this looks, you know, like it'd be pretty good. And I enjoyed John Wick, Chapter Four, pretty well. I'm not sure if you've seen that one yet or not. I've not seen that one yet. It was very good. I enjoyed it quite a bit. Is there any Great horse cast. ballet? I feel like that was a big plot point of the last one where they're on guns riding a horse. I hadn't seen that one either. No horses in this one, no. Oh, my goodness. No, but All it's right, a then. lot of good, obviously, it's John Wick's, a lot of good choreographed fight scenes, a lot of gunplay. And uh, I, I got to say, I leaned over to my friend. I said, I didn't really, really ever think about it that hard, but Keanu Reeves is just a terrible actor. <laughs> I'm probably, if you're watching right now, don't at me. Uh, I love Keanu Reeves. I've heard he, by all accounts, he's a fantastic individual, and I take nothing away from his career, his success. He's made some great movies, but he's just not a good actor. I remember thinking that when I first saw him in Bram Stoker's Dracula, he played Jonathan Harker. And I'm watching Gary Oldman, I'm watching Winona Ryder, I'm watching, and then it's like, oh, this isn't very, just, why is Bill and Ted in this movie? It's just... <laughs> He, Whoa! And again, in, in this one too, like all of his, his lines, he, I mean, the fight choreography is amazing. He's got to remember all those moves and everything. But his lines are always like, you know, he's against Ian McShane and people of great caliber actors, and they're like, blah blah blah. Winston, yeah, <laughs> those are his lines. He delivers with the same inflection each time. So I got to say, uh, Chance in the chat says, Chance, he says, David Duchovny is also a weak actor, which I can only remember really seeing him in uh, Californication mm-hmm. and. X-Files. And I didn't mind him in either one of those chants. So maybe there's a movie you're thinking of that really is like, whoa, he wasn't like superstar, but mm-hmm. he, I enjoyed him in those roles. So, uh, but yeah, for, for me, Keanu Reeves didn't work. But I wasn't going to talk about 
John Wick, I was going to talk about Renfield. You've not seen Renfield, correct? I've not. I heard you were on our Friends show with Real Spoilers, and you got to be a special guest, so you must be an expert on Renfield now. Well, no, I wouldn't say that exactly, because I always, I always feel bad, because like, you just gave out this, here's why the movie works, and it's a period piece and everything, and, and you know, Kevin and Tom and all those people over at Real Spoilers are doing the same thing. It's like, and Max will even do it, the mise-en-scene and mm-hmm. the finale, I'm like, I feel like an idiot. Here's why I like the movie. It's, you know... And I, I never feel like I've got that deep insight other than I always feel like I just come in as a fan. Mm-hmm. But for me, I think what I put in my review, geek2meradio.com, by the way, if you go over there, hit my blog, you'll see my movie reviews that I've done in the past. Um, I feel like this was What We Do in the Shadows meets Kill Bill because it had that quirky sense of humor at its core. Yeah, I love What We Do in the Shadows, the TV show. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, with uh, Taika Waititi. Mm-hmm. And, but it's got Watch that Kill mouth. Bill because there are all sorts of like – over-the-top blood and violence. Like, he cuts off a guy's arms with a serving tray by whirling it across the room. It just rips through this guy's arms. Uh, it's Dracula is a side character. The character is based... Hello, people out in the hall. Hello. Um, it's based on Renfield, who I feel like, if you're familiar with... I, I mentioned Bram Stoker's Dracula earlier with Gary Oldman and Winona Ryder and Anthony Hopkins. This character, Renfield, almost feels like a mishmash of Renfield and Jonathan Harker. Because he's the solicitor who went over there to make a, a land deal, and Count Dracula made him his familiar. Um, which, when we see Renfield, he's always in the asylum run by Dr. Seward. We never see him out and about much other than he's at the asylum, and we know he went over there previously before Jonathan Harker got there. So this kind of, to me, is a kind of mishmash of the two characters, but it's it's over-the-top. Aquafina's in it, and I think the absurdity is not, like, I don't think any of the actors are playing their roles for laughs, the humor comes from the absurdity of the situation. Um, Larry, Larry of Bugs Comics just weighs in. He thought uh, Keanu Reeves was great in Bill and Ted's. I will say, yeah. I mean, he's playing a kind of a stoner kind of character, so I guess that's kind of what he plays in other roles. But yes, Bill and Ted, you can't really detract much from Bill and Ted, Larry, so I will agree he was good in Bill and Ted. Um, but yeah, I think uh, Nicolas Cage, though, in this movie, Renfield, channers his inner Bella Lugosi. So he's, it's like he's trying to be Bela Lugosi, and they started off, the movie has these clips where he's ba- basically overlaying Nicolas Cage and Nicholas Holt's features over the characters from the old 1930s Bela Lugosi Dracula movie, mm-hmm. and it's like, it, like the, the flashing camera, it's perfectly done, and so if you're, I mean, if you're going to do a vampire movie with Nicolas Cage, you're basically going to get Nicolas Cage as Dracula. So he's like being Bela Lugosi. He's very deliberate in his movements, but you see those flashes of Nick Cage because he just can't help himself. Like I said, you're going to get Nick Cage in a movie with Nick Cage. Um, and I just appreciate his resurgence lately with Mandy and then the uh, unbearable weight of massive talent that he was just in with Pedro Pascal. And now this movie, I think we're kind of seeing a Nicholas Cage resurgence, much like we were getting with John Travolta back when he was doing Face Off and Phenomenon, all those movies in the mid to late 90s. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, this was, I think, like I said, the, the violence is over the top, the blood's over the top, but it was, I appreciated what it was trying to be. Like, he he literally is falling down towards this guy who's kind of like leaning over a rail, and he just cuts the guy in half by landing on his upper torso, splits the guy in half. Um, it's that kind of over-the-top violence that is just, just uh, I, I thought it was funny because I wasn't expecting it. So I'd say the the quirkiness, the humor... Uh, the fact that none of the actors are playing it for laughs. They're all pretty much playing it straight. And I just liked the whole concept of Nicholas Holt as Renfield gets his power from eating bugs. So he's, you know, give, Dracula's given him a small portion of his power and he eats bugs, obtains their life force, and suddenly he has super strength, super speed, super reflexes. And he ends up accidentally ruining this 
mafia kingpin's son and getting him caught by the police. The police, the entire police force in New Orleans are corrupt. So they immediately release the kid. And now the mafia teams up with Dracula to get <laughs> to get Renfield and this one I never lone expected cop. the mafia from uh, that plot. No, oh no. Oh, my goodness, when I saw the trailer. I don't know if they were in there. My, I love that. But Aquafina is the one good cop on the force. Mm-hmm. And she's you know trying to redeem her name. Her dad was murdered by this mob family. And he was also a good cop. And uh, they've got her busted down to traffic detail because they're just trying to keep her out of the way because she's the one good cop in this whole corrupt force. Um, and I will say, uh, his name's escaping me now. The guy played John Ralphio in um, Parks and Rec. He was the voice of Dewey Duck. Mm-hmm. I can't think of his name right now. Ben Schwartz. Ben Schwartz, thank you. He's the mafia boss's son, and just this—he plays—he plays Ben Schwartz, and Ben Schwartz is always fantastic. I love seeing him because he's always exuberant in every role I've seen him in. Mm-hmm. He brings the most to the role, so I will say that uh, for my money, it's a great movie. If you get a chance to go out and see Renfield, and I've just now realized I've kind of gone over our time here. We're gonna go ahead and kick off the. Oh no, I'm still on time. We'll be out. I'll just add a longer legal ID. That's okay. Don't talk um, shop on the radio. That's right, everyone. It's <laughs> behind the scenes workings. I don't care. Um, but so you enjoyed air. What a scale of uh, one to ten? What would you say? Three and a half out of five. I don't do public math. All right, no, that's a seven. Three and a half out of five. That's all right. I think that's a seven out of ten. And I honestly, I give Renfield a nine out of ten. I, it wasn't a perfect movie, but I really enjoyed it. A lot of people did not like it at all. Tom O'Keefe did not like it. Max Up Movies and I, Max Boise and I actually agreed on this one, so it's uh, one of those rare instances, but I would give it a 9 out of 10. Good time for horror right now. Evil Dead, uh, yes. Hope's Exorcist. Uh, Renfield, a lot of good ones out. Bo is Afraid. Yes. Yeah, so, I mean, good time to get out there. It is. See some scary movies. Go out and see them, folks. Clutch That's Joey B. I'm James Enstall. Geek to Me Radio every Sunday night. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Subscribe on YouTube. Thank you to all my guests again, and until next week. That's our show. Plaza, good night. Hey kids, are your parents about to buy you a shiny new toy from Amazon? Hi, I'm Chucky. Wanna play? Well, don't be selfish. Share some of that money with us. Before going on Amazon, make sure to type in bit.ly slash geek2me in the web browser. It will look just like Amazon.com, except it'll say Referral Geek2Me Radio up top. And then when you check out, a tiny percentage will go to support the show without costing you one cent more. So before your parents get you that gizmo, gadget, or widget, make sure they type in bit.ly slash geek2me in the web browser. Bit.ly slash geek to me. Bit.ly slash geek to me.